I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. It's a worldwide day of action in support of a technology that millions of smokers credit for saving their lives. Today, May 30th, is World Vape Day and tobacco harm reduction advocates join forces with vapors to raise awareness regarding the significant health, social and economic benefits of vaping. The first, the first World Vape Day was held in 2012 as a celebration of consumers' right to choose a less harmful alternative to smoking and has since grown to include over 40 grassroots organizations from around the world. While this year's events were held on social media due to the COVID pandemic, that did not deter participation, with thousands of messages and events circulating on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Joining us today to talk about the World Vape Day and its impact on the battle to save vaping is Tristan Thompson, head of the Vaping Legion and board president of the United Vapors Alliance. Tristan, thanks for coming back on RugWatch. Thanks for having me, Brent. It's a pleasure as always. Well, it's great to see you. The last time we had you on was just uh, before the We Vape, We Vote rally in Washington, <laughs> D.C. last November. It was quite an event, don't you think? Indeed it was. Changed the, you know, the fate of the industry and vaping as a whole <laughs> for forever. How do you mean? Well, I mean, if you think about it, right, in, until we did that, and I, and I mean, I don't say meaning, you know, we as in, you know, select few people. I mean, it's until all of us did that. You know, we were looking at, you know, a really <laughs> impending death date. I think it was, what, like two days away? And now, you know, we're we're still here. You know, we're not federally banned. That's a huge plus. And, you know, it, it changed the direction of the narrative. You know, it went from being in the control of the ants completely to now not so much. Yeah, it did. It, I mean, obviously, it stemmed it stemmed the flood, I guess, or the tide, or however mm. you want to want to call it. Um, I'm a bit worried, though, that that kind of pump up that happened uh, with the we vape we vote then is kind of dissipated now, and with some obvious reasons. You're in New Jersey. Describe for us the mm -hmm. state of vaping right now. There, how's it going? New Jersey's in in a really tough spot right now. Uh, flavors were banned as of uh, April 20th. And of course, with the COVID outbreak shutting everything down, you know, you have vape shops who have a ridiculously large amount of inventory that they couldn't sell off because they weren't allowed to be open. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now on the advocacy front behind closed doors that's actually very, very, very promising. NJVRC is doing a wonderful job. And I'm, you know, I'm very excited to see how everything pans out because they're doing a really nice two-pronged approach on this. But, you know, as with all things, these things take time. And with, you know, everything being shut down from COVID, you're kind of just, you know, sitting there going, when? Right. You know, and, you know, nobody can give you a definitive answer because, you know, there's no way to really know. I mean, look, yeah. look at the way the state, the state is right now. They just allowed certain businesses to open. It's, it's not good. So they're, you know, we're, they're trying to bring it back, but as with all things, it's a, it's an uphill battle, but you know, we're kind of up for a bit, no, lack of a better word, we're up shit's Creek without a paddle right now, but I do expect that to change. Yeah. So that movement that I know you, you can't get into too many details on, I'm sure, but mm. where's the bright light coming from? Has there been, cause I would imagine that obviously the movement has to happen with government, right? The bureaucrats mm -hmm. and the people in government. And has there been a change of thinking uh, with regard to vaping specifically, or do you think they might be just overwhelmed with everything else and, and they're more open to see uh, yes. and hear the message? Well, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like either kneel or get the ax. You get what I'm saying? You either come to the table or you die by death by a thousand cuts. Up to you. 
you can either be reasonable or you could be unreasonable and we'll fight that too. So it's one of those things where they're going to negotiate because they don't really have a choice because there's way too much stuff going on. And if they don't negotiate, they're going to be in a you know a war of attrition. Uh, how much is it? How much is it worth to you? You know, I, I'm pretty sure that we value you know human life and not having people die from smoking. Where with them, it's just kind of money. So who do you think's gonna you know who do you think's gonna cave there? It's not gonna be us. It's not gonna be the vapors. It's not gonna be the vapor industry. It's not gonna be us. So either way. They can do it the less expensive way or a thousand cuts. Make a choice. <laughs> We're not going anywhere is a strong message at some point, mm -hmm. right? And if they're spending exactly. their time take a stand. And if they're spending their time on enforcement on other things that are that they arguably are more important for enforcement, mm -hmm. then you know, something do does have to give. And if vaping exactly. can be right there with, you know, some some ability to make some accommodations, that might be a good thing. Exactly. They get the control they want that they lost when they banned everything because they said, oh, you know, this will this will protect the youth and this will do this, and this will do that. And then they realized, oh, we removed our control mechanism. Now there is none. So what do we do? Um, so now they're trying to figure out what to do. And, uh, you know, a solution's been presented that, you know, they don't really have a choice to accept. Otherwise, they'll look like massive liars. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Can we get any more on that? Not really. I'm not really at liberty to say that because, you know, we're kind of just hoping that it just goes on through. Sure. So we're not trying to draw, you know, a ridiculously large amount of attention to it. But, you know, it's got a lot of nuances to it that I myself don't fully understand because okay. there's things in there I haven't seen in a bill before in regards to vaping. So I'm just waiting to see how it pans out because, as you know, they always amend these things. Once they get on the floor, they make changes. So I could say that it's going to do this, and then it turns around and it does something else. Sure. So I don't really want to, you know, commit to something that may not necessarily be true because that's, you know, the bills aren't my forte. They never have been. Well, that's, I just have a basic understanding. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. So, Tristan, for some of our viewers who don't know who you are, uh, hard to believe, I know that it is. You guys, you so the Vaping Legion – you guys are essentially the enforcement arm for the vaping militia, aren't you? Pretty much. Not the vaping militia. We'd just say, you know, the consumer end. The consumer end of it. So you're the enforcement mm -hmm. arm to enforce that. And I mean, I joke a little bit, but you actually are very strongly out there on social media, you know, not monitoring the messaging, but making sure that, you know, messaging that goes awry gets, you know, steered back in the right direction, so to speak. Yep. You know, it, it's crazy. You know, when we, we first started, it was just about, you know, dirty labs and, you know, people having some really, really, really atrocious labeling. And, you know, now we're here. You know, if you told me four years ago that I would have been taking, you know, all those people to the Capitol to do that and hold a rally and do all the paperwork and do everything right, <laughs> I would have told you you're completely insane. That's not that's not what I'm about. I don't, but here we are, you know. And it was successful, and you know we're we're going to do it again. But you know, as far as you know, that's as far as the Legion goes. UVA, United Vapors Alliance, is a totally different animal entirely. You know, I mean, if you think about it, right, that rally, that event, was the single largest moment in vaping PR in this country ever. I mean, ever, and it was successful. It's not one of those things where it went right, but nothing happened. It went right, and things that were fantastic happened. We went from dead to not dead which is huge i never thought that that would happen you know, i also didn't expect the level of the turnout either like if we had like 1500 people i would have been stoked but we didn't have 1500 people we had a lot of people you know i've so, got a piece of video here that uh mm. was done by fight for flavors that they uploaded to uh youtube which i thought was nice and short and 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 very worthwhile 
having a watch. Let's just take a quick look at that right now here. We are fathers, we are sons, we are husbands, we are wives, we are children. Flavors are the thing that kept me going and allowed me to beat that deadly habit. Flavors are the reason I keep vaping instead of going back to smoking. Flavors help me win. Flavors help me live. This is strength. This is unity. This is power. We are gathered here to fight big tobacco control. We are here to fight big governmental control. And how do we do that? We vote. 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 Excellent. It's you know, and you think back on it, and you look at it, and you go, "There's, there's no way that that really happened," but it did. You know, that was our reality. It, it was something that it was a do or die. It was uncharted waters. It was just a massive undertaking. And now, you know, we we have this this lovely blueprint, right? This 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 lovely blueprint because we've done it before. We have the rapport with all the enforcement agencies, the permit folks. We have everything ready to go, and COVID happened. Right, because it was supposed to be uh, early May, I believe, this year. Correct? It was supposed to be the second mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. That was the plan, and then you know what happened happened, and there was there was three things that you know you, you had to make the decision on on this one first of all you know what i mean you, you you could go the first amendment route and say i'm we're doing this to hell with all the doing all the paperwork let's just do a march right all right well you got to look at it from the pr perspective as well so suppose i take a an extremely large amount of vapors to the capital right and it does not go well we have fights with the police or you know things get out of control and we have you know kind of what's going on right now people get angry don't want that. Does not shine a positive light on us. Does not deliver the message that we want. Then you have the other person, you know, the other part of it where I take a bunch of people to the Capitol and nobody follows social distancing. Everybody gets sick. And now everybody that vapes, that has a social media presence is going, how the hell did I get this? You know what I mean? That's not something you want to have either because that alone makes vaping as a whole look really bad. So couldn't have that happen. And then, you know, then there was the third thing was, you know, how many people are going to show up during this outbreak? How many of them are going to come out? You know, how many people are too scared to stand in a crowd for four hours and do it again? I would say a pretty good amount. And, you know, with good reason. You know, there, there's no shame in that. I mean, I, I, I have absolutely no negative things to say about anybody that feels that way. And that being said, the logical thing to do was to move the date. So now it's when is it safe to do it? And when is a, you know, a good weather time to do it? Because I don't want to take people out there in the middle of like a heat wave either, because it's not like I can, you know, according to the park rules, just toss bottles of water out to the crowd. I, I can't. And I can't ask people to schlep in supplies because that would be another disaster because you'd also have, you know, a mess. It's unavoidable. I mean, last time was amazing. When we closed up after the stage crew was done, it was like we were never there. We walked to grounds and it would, you wouldn't date the, the secret service was flabbergasted. They were like, you guys had a protest with that many people here. And it looks like this. 
that's un, that's unreal. <laughs> so I want to be able to repeat that performance because it shows a level of respect for those that not only showed us respect, but also helped to make sure that the event was successful by giving us all the information that we could ever need. And things that we didn't know, they didn't, you know, slap us around for it because they realized, you know, we'd never done this before. <laughs> sure. And, and there was definitely a little bit of uh, wiggle room there for people. So you've got a template for this kind of activism that's at the highest level in Washington, D.C., you know, right behind yeah. the White House. So you want to flex that muscle because, of course, you know, uh, that template is something that the, the more you use it, the more you exercise those relationships and so forth, the better off it'll be. Let's talk first. I'm going to come back um, to the We Vape, We Vote and the kind of the political machinations moving forward for the next six, seven months, because that's really all we care about now is, is how to move forward. Any arguments or political stuff that we've been talking about is really just to get us to here. And now how do we move forward? And with that, talk a little bit about um, this World Vape Day. What is it mm. and why is it important uh, to American and Canadian uh, vapors? Vapors. I mean, think about it, right? Right now, with the day that it's selected, it's coming after, you know, the World Health Organizations. And I say World Health with extreme quotations and heavy eye rolling. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, tobacco day. And think about it. These people, they don't, none of these NGOs, none of them put out factual statements in regards to our industry. None. None. No facts, just old studies and misnomers and all sorts of false information and you know basically anti-vapor which to me is pro-tobacco propaganda because they want to scare people away from it they did the exact same thing i believe it was with chewing gum when that first you know showed up on the scene and you know that was what was toted in the hearing as to why we don't need vaping because we have this gum but they said that it would create new you know oral you know um like chewing tobacco users but it didn't. And now they're saying the same thing about vaping. And they think they have a correlation because of, you know, what's happening with them banning flavors and people going, oh, to hell with this. I'll just go back to smoking. It's the same thing. So, you know, we need to take that moment, the day. Today, it's still today. You, you guys should be on there like right now while I'm talking to you and hammering those hashtags because this is our day. People need to see the information from us per first. It, it's, it's trending. All three of them are trending, which is which is which is pretty wild. We'll jump there because, right now, as just as you're talking there, I'll get us over mm, there. So, I mean, if you think about it, right? Like we haven't been strangers to this. You know, this isn't something that we're not used to as vapors. We we took over the quit lying hashtag. That belongs to us now. <laughs> like it's literally ours. You scroll <laughs> through that, and it's us. You know, and this is our time to take the message away from them. And I figure, you know, I mean, me personally. I'm not having, you know, World Vape Day. I'm having World Vape Week because I'm not letting them have their day tomorrow where they pass around all their nonsense and try to drown us out. We outnumber them. They would have you think otherwise, but we do. And the only way that we're going to win this war is by taking the conversation away from them. They've had it for too long. And the, I think today is a, it was a brilliant day, and it's still a brilliant day to do it because, you know, you're going to be going through their stuff tomorrow, and you're going to see ours. Yeah, which and, ha is, and ha ha having it the day before is just so smart, right? To be able to it was genius, genius call. They're gonna have no idea what to do. They're gonna be just as equally as confused as the hashtag with life. 
So let me ask uh, let me ask you this. Like, so we're looking at World Vape Day. So uh, we'll check out the other two hashtags as we go here right now. But before mm. we do that, is can we anticipate any difference in messaging? Like, is World Vape Day a little bit different than um, than the other hashtags? Have has has the movement? I guess the question is this: Has the movement been able to segment your messaging? And where some is stronger in one direction and some is maybe a little bit milder and more open to public health ears than other. You know what I mean? I do. I, I think that this me the, the messaging with you know World Vape Day, from what I've seen, from what everybody's been posting, has been for the large part about of you know a lot of science. I've seen a lot of data sheets. I've seen a lot of testimonials. Whereas when it came to the Quit Lying campaign, it was just absolute savagery. And I loved it because, you know, we weren't gonna put up with that. But today, it's been about you know reaching out to people, that, you know, not just you know vapors that are kind of you know not involved and giving them a chance to get involved in it because you know everybody's doing it. But also reach out to smokers that are also looking to quit. I mean, think about it. There's you, you log on to social media, and the first thing you get you know you know you see is just this is why it's a good idea to quit the bulk of it. And then people that are going, well, what's the you know the World Health you know anti-tobacco day? Oh. Here's the other part of the message. There are liars. Yes, yes, they are. You know, so it's been a perfect. I don't want to say blend because it hasn't been a blend, but it's been two messages delivered. You know, one message delivered two different ways. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, we're on one message two ways. Right, exactly. Yes, that well, and that ultimately in the end is good political commun communication. Anyhow, it's the same thing you're trying to communicate. It's just in in a couple different ways. And what, mm. you're, what you're trying to do. Um, we're going through here. The, here's the say yes to THR hashtag. Tell us a little bit about this. I mean, you know, it, it's it, it, somebody as, you know, I'm trying to find the right wording for this. But, you know, as somebody that is, I'm just 100% vapor, it worked for me. There are other forms of tobacco harm production. And a lot of the time, you know, it gets swept under the rug because of what's going on with, you know, vaping right now. But at the same time, you know, we also have to keep in mind as vapors that just because vaping worked for us, it may not work for other people they may need something else some people the toothpick did it for them or you know definitely not for me chantix worked for them or let's say the gum or the, the the patch or something else you know we can't just shut out other forms because this form for us was the see-all be-all it is at the end of the day about tobacco harm reduction it's about taking people away from cigarettes and i think sometimes you know we we get so i don't want to say overzealous because but i don't know any other word but i'm not saying we're overzealous but we get so overzealous that we forget that perhaps it's not literally for everyone. Do I think it's the best method? Absolutely. I do think it's the best method. Absolutely. But we, 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 seem, we seem to forget that there are other avenues, you know, and it's important to present people with an entire package because at the end of the day, the goal is to get people to stop smoking. That's the only thing that matters. A smoker converted and not dying of lung cancer. That's the only thing that really matters. Now, that's to interesting. Me. It seems to be the only thing that matters to vapors. How come it doesn't seem to matter to the people making the decisions? Ah, you see, that's the thing. Money. Money, 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 money. And uh, that thing, what is that? We used, to, we, used to, we used to get that all the time before the outbreak. What was that? Oh, yeah, money. Money. That's money. Money. <laughs> that's why. Because let's be real. Every time somebody says the word public health, now as vapors, those of us that have been in the fight for a long time, we're like, oh, here comes the bullshit. Here it comes, and it's on a nice silver platter. We know it's coming. And that's the problem, is that we 
as a society have lost the ability to have trust in those that are supposed to be looking out for our best interest because of money. Look at the CDC. They said that, you know, they, they ran with the whole vaping and COVID and it's bad and it does this and it does that. And then lo and behold, oh, it plays a positive role. Oops. You know, they literally had that face. Oh. Let, yeah. me, ask, let um, me ask you a question about that, Tristan, because I, uh, so uh, our senior producer here at RegWatch, uh, Cindy Schmidt, she had said the other day when we were talking about the uh, research that had been coming out that was showing that possibly nicotine might have, you know, some benefits when it comes to COVID and so forth. And the comment was that, you know, there's been enough of this research that has come out. The question is, has it, did it dull a little bit of a tobacco control anti-vaping's narrative? Because they were so hard through March and into April. And then suddenly we got this huge batch of good research out there. And, mm -hmm. and did it quiet them down? Do you think that it had some mitigating effect? Oh, I would think so. I mean, think about it, right? You had Stanton Glantz coming out with a study right at the beginning of it saying that he got this data from China, which he's either, you know, some sort of a wizard and he has a scrying ball where he can see all the stuff that's going on over there that none of us could see. Not the, you know, the federal government couldn't see. The World Health Organization obviously couldn't see. And, you know, he got all this raw data that, you know, the smokers, you know, they had it worse than everybody else because, you know, it's just a logical assumption, right? So they ran this study. PAVE ran with it. Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids ran with it. Everybody and their mother that was on the opposite side ran with it. And then lo and behold, it turned out to be not true. In fact, quite the opposite turned out to be true. So they ended up with a lot of mud on their face. So they know right now that it's probably best to just shut up for a little bit and, you know, let other people talk for a minute because you clearly have no idea what you're talking about. And now you have the World Health Organization currently in super hot water, which I do believe the United States, according to what I've been told, was the number one funder of the organization, $480 yes. million dollars a year. That has now been swept off the table because clearly they had an ulterior agenda, just like they do with this, just like they all do with this. So yeah, once they realized that, oh, we could lose money over this because we're pushing a false narrative, that was the end of that. And rightfully so. I mean, think about how many lives they've put in jeopardy, you know, since this all started over pushing a false narrative over money. It's insane to me that they wouldn't let people go to this level of suffering and sickness and, you know, just the pain of loss of people losing loved ones over money. Mm -hmm. Something that literally has no value to you in the, you know, the long term of things, the spiritual long term it has no value. Yes. Well, you know, talking with you gets me more depressed than when I'm just listening to myself. I have to tell you that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, the WHO, there's been some movement, of course. Uh, President Trump has announced, or at least uh, the White House has announced, a complete, total pullout of the WHO. And mm -hmm. how would that affect the vaping issue? Because, of course, they're one of the you know purveyors of some of the worst lies and misleading mm -hmm. information <laughs> on vaping. Well, that's going to complicate things for them for a little bit, isn't it? I mean, think about it. They're not going to have the ability to, you know, have BS studies done on a, you know, on command and drop everything they're doing just to make up a slam piece. I mean, I'm sure we'll still have to deal with the CDC doing that, but at least you won't have another major source from the anti-tobacco zealots to pull from because they aren't going to have the money to do so, which is absolutely unfortunate. Yeah, and I mean, do you recall that uh, right before COVID, so in February, just inexplicably, they, the WHO came out with this, you know, huge campaign where they just slam vaping, tweet after tweet after tweet after mm -hmm. tweet. Yep. You just got to shake your head. Yeah, you, know, you, you look at it and you go, what are you doing? 
you're supposed to be, you know, the see-all, be-all, you know, public health. You are the World Health Organization, right? You're supposed to be looking out for the, the interest of, you know, everybody. Not just your special interests, but the interest of, you know, the health of the world. But and clearly, uh, you know, <laughs> seeing what we've seen, we know that to be not true. They care about one thing only, money. And they're only going to do the bidding of those who give them money. Unless, of course, you're the United States, then not so much. But here we are with them being defunded and that money drying up. And I think that's been a huge dent in the um, the military might, let's say, of our, of our enemies. You know, it sucks to have to call people that are supposed to be looking out for us our enemies. But that's the truth. That's the who, truth. Who is the enemy then in your mind? Pretty much anybody that gets any kind of money from mm, big pharma, big tobacco, and uh, kind of depends on that to make their ends meet. You know, I mean that's literally all the NGOs. That is, I'm going to say all the state governments and uh, the the federal government and the you know the pharmaceutical complex. Because think about it, if you're not sick and dying, they can't give you things to treat it, not to cure it, only to treat it and take that money from you. So they're getting you twofold: tobacco taxes and that mm, 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 that sweet, sweet, sweet pharma money. <laughs> where does where do the research uh, you know universities the whole the actual researchers the people doing the science? What do you see mm. there in terms of an issue? Well, it's, it's all conflict of interest because though I look at them the same way I look at the CDC, right? You get money to do a study. Obviously, the results are going to turn out the way that the person who paid for it wants it to, as long as you can provide the data to back it. And I should say that, data to back it, because they create unrealistic environments and get unrealistic, you know, unrealistic results. Take, for example, like the whole formaldehyde thing where they overheated the system to a point where, yeah, dude, you're, it's basically on fire. You're going to have formaldehyde. You can burn a steak and toast and get formaldehyde out of it. Good job. But that's not the story they put out. They put out the story that they see fit to suit their narrative. It's tailored studies, tailored studies, tailored results to fit a narrative to do their bidding. Because let's face it, for so long, our sole stance was on the health benefits, the health benefits, the health benefits, the health benefits. Personally, I really think it should have been all about freedom of choice. Who are you to tell me what I can do and what I can't do? Who are you? Who, who are you? You know, that's what it should always have been. And we kind of, for a while, boxed ourselves into a, you know, into a corner because we, that, that was all we did. We go, it's safer than this. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, these are the statistics and here's the studies and all. And, and, but at the end of the day, that none of that matters. This is America. You're supposed to say, it's my, it's, you know, it's, it's my choice. It's my freedom to make that choice. So you we don't make those choices for me. Right. And in, in, in our coverage and obviously five years over 300 interviews and stuff like that, we've come to the determination that the majority of APERS are not comfortable with the Liberty argument. And, you know, mm -hmm. we've done some hard hitting um, videos on that. And that's, you know, please, I, I recommend people go check it out. No, that is our political content designed to piss people off, which we know <laughs> has done. But the fact of the matter is, is that there really is a my body argument that, that mm -hmm. could be made. You don't have to think about it as liberty. You can just, mm -mm. you can think about it as my body and, and I should have control of what I, not just what I put in my body, but where do I move my body? What other what other people can my other bodies can my body be around? I mean, there's so many body arguments that can be made that ultimately in the end is a liberty argument, but it's got a lot more meat when you describe it as the control of your over your body. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. You know, it, the way I look at it is like this, right? If 
somebody walked into your house today and said, Brent, you know what? I'm in charge. We're banning meat forever. I don't know about you. I'd have an aneurysm, right? <laughs> I'd be like, that's not happening. There, there would be untold fury if somebody said I couldn't have like bacon ever again, right? But it's, it seems like a trivial argument to make, but it's actually – it's literally the same thing. You're sure. telling me that I can't have my flavor of food, my type of food, my protein source that I want because you know you don't like it. Well, that's too bad. I like meat. Get out of here. But you see, it's easy to say that. But when it comes to, to vaping because they, they create this big hype, this big scare of nicotine, you find yourself going, you know, it seems like a little irresponsible to make the argument. But it's not, though, because you're an adult making the argument. You're not a 10-year-old child. You're an adult saying, I can decide for myself. Thank you. I don't need you parenting me. You know, I'm a 36-year-old man. I don't need somebody I do not know telling me that I can and cannot partake in something because you think you have the power. <laughs> no, you don't. Do you and think it's that, that simple. Do you think that vapor, the vaping movement overall um, may have made a, a strategic error in not taking the liberty argument? And then the second part of that is not offending recreational nicotine. See, that's the thing. I don't think they made the mistake of making that stance. I think they made the mistake of making it the sole stance for a lot of their social media posting. So it makes it a very easy target. If, the, if it, From the beginning, it was, you know, here's the facts and freedom. And they just stuck those together at the hip. We'd be a little bit better off. But let's be real. At the end of the day, our enemies are going to do whatever they can, cook up whatever narrative they can to overcome anything that we say because we swing first. Right. Right. And it's really easy to counterpunch something when you already know what it's coming. You te they've telegraphed it. So now what do you have to do? Just take your time and come up with something witty. Yeah, true. A little bit of graphic here and that's it. You're good to go. It's super easy. But the freedom argument is a very hard one to, to push back against. You can go, but the kids, I don't, that's not my problem. Well, that's cold hearted. <laughs> that's life. Well, no, it certainly is. I mean, obviously, the kids is a precautionary principle argument. They they tried the precautionary principle argument on adults, like back in 2012, 13, 14, 15. But, you know, after that, they just said, that's not a winner. We're moving to precautionary principle for kids. And that's the whole vaping epidemic is really designed to just go, they can't be on the market at all. Because if they are, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to cause this harm. And so that's really the tragedy there um, about that, because it's such a powerful tool is precautionary principle because you don't need to have scientific evidence in order to implement it. In fact, the exactly. absence of scientific evidence is the, is the actual underpinning of the precautionary principle. So people who use that and say that they're about science to me just are fill, filled with, I don't have a bleep button, so I just bleep myself in the head. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, look, here's, here's the crazy, the, the craziness behind all this, right? So I remember I went to the, the, the flavor ban hearing in New Jersey, the last day before this all went down. And I remember sitting in the chair directly across from, um, from Cunningham. And this guy's a doctor, right? So his whole stance is supposed to be based on science, right? So I'm like, oh, perfect. This I can do, right? This I can do. I pull out my phone. My friend Ryu was sitting next to me. You know, she's, she's got her whole speech. She's going, and I'm like, all right, so everything I'm going to talk about is not going to be in that. So this is my own thing. It's going to be good. So I just went with whatever he was saying. I was going to attack everything he said in real time. So I had nothing planned. So I had like two minutes to figure this out. So his whole stance was, right, that 
we don't need another flavor alternative on the market because we have gum, which mm. to me is insane when you look at the abysmal success rate, which I think is like it's either four or point four percent of the success rate of it. It's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible, right? So it makes no sense to say that that's the CLB all be all with flavor. That's all you get when it comes to you know its failure rate based on the fact that he's a doctor and he's worried about public health. So I went up there and I, you know, and I, and I, and I said to him, I said, listen, I said exactly what I said to you. You know, there, there's a very low success rate for this. You are taking something off the market that has a really high success rate. I mean, I have a pretty addictive personality and it got me to stop smoking and that in of alone is a miracle. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that the, inferior product is good enough when you know full well if you read the data like you claim you have that it is not good enough and it does not work and to say that it's you know appealing to children is also nonsense because last time i checked you know we we all enjoy candy we all enjoy cereal not everybody has time to cook an omelet in the morning stop it you know and he didn't care about that his whole thing was was that we don't have the data that was that's that was his stance is that we don't have the data which if you if you stop for a moment and think about the obstinance of that statement, I'm not even going to say the stupidity of it because it, it's beyond that. Like it, you're you're now really being willfully ignorant. There's no way that in 2020 uh, 2019, you know, I don't even remember what I think it was in 2020, that you can say that. You can't say that. You can't well, they, say they, they say it days. all the time. They still say it. They say it today. Yeah. To this to this day, they still say it. Um, so, and so uh, what, when the, when is there going to be enough data? Is the question that you exactly. know. And Never. how many people have to die Never. before that, right? Right, which is what makes the health argument now, now that you see the, you know, everybody sees the rhetoric and how it's shaped, that it's almost a um, a circular, all-protecting argument, you know, that there is no way once you've put yourself in that box to get out of it with the same argument. You have to break out with something else, so, which now is personal freedom and civil liberty. So let me ask you this. Some, I mean, obviously, if you're watching the news and you can understand that there are some conflicting positions when it comes to COVID and its mm. impact uh, that it's had, what do you think specifically um, has happened with regards to vaping? Has COVID, um, has there been, you know, lights turned on anywhere or something like that that might be of an advantage for vapors and the vaping movement to try to reach? Um, or has it made it more difficult? See, it's it's one yeah again it's one of those things with this, these times it's such a it's such a grab bag it's going to be all in the presentation, meaning if you're going to make a claim you better have that data to support it because somebody will call you on it it's only it's inevitable and, you know and, and I'm not saying that people are going to call you on it because they're trying you know trying to be you know you know thick about it it's because of look at what's happened you know you had the Surgeon General telling everybody don't wear masks right. Don't wear masks. Stop wearing masks. Look at me. I'm on a plane. I'm not wearing masks, right? And everybody was like, oh, you're all idiots for wearing masks. The Surgeon General said don't do it, right? Then you find out that the countries that had the least amount of trouble with it were ones that had mask-wearing culture, right? So now now the same dude who called you all stupid for wearing masks is telling you now to wear masks. So everybody's questioning everything. And I mean everything. If a doctor goes on social media and makes a video about COVID being nonsense and it's 5G and the aliens are coming and it's a death ray, everybody has formed their opinion on it and they have their own, you know, data to back it. But they have their data. They want to see it, right? 
So if you're going to make those claims, just have the data on hand. I'd have a small little you know, pre-done PDF file right on my phone to go, here you go. Source is cited right there. Click those links if you want to read more. That's what I would do. So yes, it has given people a better avenue, I believe, personally, to do that. But I think it's going to change the the paradigm for how the conversation is had when it comes to making claims in regards to health. So some of the things at the Surgeon General level, because it's the Surgeon General who drives, you know, a lot, you know, against vaping, mm. um, that and the CDC, and so in both organizations, both institutions. Um, did uh, in during COVID, you know, offer some conflicting advice when it comes to masks and a few other things. I mean, there was forecasts that were up and down and and off and so forth. Do you think that there's been a chink in the armor armor of public health? Has, has the mm -hmm. general general public come to oh, yeah. some understanding that maybe taking what public health says verbatim is not necessarily from you know divined from you know down? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Big time. I mean, see, I, I, I compare a lot of the stuff that's happening out there to having conversations with my father, right? Like he is a very, I saw it on the news, therefore it is kind of thing, because they would not be able to report a falsehood. That's unheard of, right? So, you know, now he's sitting there questioning everything because he's going, wait a minute, we were supposed to have a million dead people in the United States already, and we don't have that. What is happening right now? You know, mm. or, you know, they were told us not to wear masks. And, you know, I lost three coworkers because nobody wore masks. And, you know, he's now questioning everything when he used to question nothing when it came to public health from the mouthpieces of these talking head doctors on TV or on social media. He didn't question nothing. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, the modern medicine saved him. He had four heart attacks. He should be dead. So he sees modern medicine as, you know, the grail, you know, and, and you can't blame him for it because that happened. So now to see the exact same system that saved his life telling all these fabrications and assumptions as fact has changed everything for him, which is sad because it's like, you know, now he looks at, you know, what I've been dealing with and goes, oh, my God, <laughs> it's worse over here, man. It's so much worse. <laughs> you don't even want to know. You stay far away. So how does the vaping movement capitalize on that? Because. That, I mean, there, there's a, an open, there's like a, a, a there's going to be a short period of time here where that openness uh, mm -hmm. is going to be there. How, how do you do that? All right, guys, here's the deal. It has to be done one way and one way only. It has to be done with things that are irrefutable. Okay. Don't go saying things like, you know, vaping helps me with my hair problem. Don't say dumb things like that. Keep it to things that are strictly factually accurate. Things that you can simply pull up a, you know, either a, a, a document to prove that's an easy read or a you know, two-minute video because the average person has a two-minute attention span. Keep it to things that you can, you know, not only back, but you understand, okay? Don't, like, you know, it's like, I know that some of you don't, but those of you that watch me know that if I don't understand something, oh, I bring in the expert. We ain't doing none of that. I'm not going to look stupid. Let me get the big brain over here on here and let them explain it. Stick to things you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you only know three things about vaping that shed a positive light on it, then that's all you need to know. I mean, so, do you really have a conversation that goes outside of three facts about, you know, about vaping? Most times, no. Right. You, you, only, you only need the real strong, solid stuff. I guess the question is, is that should, should vapors draw a connection to mm. the misinformation on COVID? If, mm -hmm. if we say that there is, you know, if there has been some misinformation on COVID and you do believe that some of it's happened from public health, would you recommend vapors to directly connect the misinformation from public health on vaping to COVID in order to make the connection for the person? 
I would. And you can actually do it in the easiest way possible. The Surgeon General came out and said that statistically vape shops have a significantly worse failure rate than C-stores. And this was during a Twitter exchange between me and him. And I said, oh, sir, I would love to see the data that you're pulling that from. And he goes, oh, absolutely. And he drops the data. I said, well, when you remove, you know, hybrids from the discussion completely, you had one vape shop failure in your data. Just one. Okay. And it's the same guy who turned around and told you not to wear a mask during the height of the epidemic. Whether you're, what you're, no matter what your stance is on it, the rest of the medical you know, community says to do that. So, yeah, they're not perfect, and they push falsehoods. So I wouldn't believe the outrageous things they say about vaping because they couldn't even, con they couldn't even reach a consensus on that. Mm. They couldn't even do that. Something that simple. They consensus. They yeah, it's something consensus. that very, very much so. I mean, they should be able – there should have been – oodles of science about masks and, and epidemics from decades mm. ago. Like, I mean, have these guys, they spend billions of dollars a year on research, and you're telling me there was zero research available on masks, and today you still don't know? Like, I mean, Canada, it's a raging controversy because mm -hmm. Canada's health uh, uh, top public health person, you know, totally said no masks two months ago See? and now is backtracked on that. And um, I'm wondering, like, I mean, for those who are sophisticated enough to be able to make an argument that the masks uh, now being back in vogue from public health is a political move, because I think you could argue that exactly. it is, right? Exactly. If you can make that argument, then, then I think you've got the opportunity to connect with some people and, and go, here's how they politicized vaping mm -hmm. in, in a it's similar an easy manner. connection to make. That's actually the perfect way to do it. That's way better worded than I could have done. See, that's why we do this. <laughs> that's a great way to phrase it. It's perfect. And, you know, and it's an easy transition. And it doesn't seem like you, brought, you, know, you blindsided them. And then they're really thinking when you show them things that you know to be true. Mm -hmm. And you can say, see how they've lied? See yeah. how they lied here? See how they lied here? Look, that's all you need to do is just stick to the things you know. And if you don't know, reach out to somebody who does and go, I need three points on vaping to make a conversation, which we should all have by now. But if you don't, there's no shame. And look, some people are antisocial. It is what it is. But now's the time. And there's those people, too, I think, that are out there that aren't necessarily entirely thrilled with being locked into their home for two and a half months and some longer. I mean, of course, California and so forth. So not making any you know, comment on that without besides just saying there, it's a nasty thing uh, to have had happen whether you're for it or not. And there's some people who are not, who, who went into the lockdown being for it, and now two and a half months later are really mm -hmm. sour on it, mostly because mm -hmm. they see the reality out there of what's going on. So in a way, um, how much should vapors try to connect the liberty argument about vaping? Look, they, they've been saying we can't put this in our body in order to prevent uh, you know, me from smoking. I like my nicotine. I think you have to make the pro-nicotine argument. I think if you make the argument, of, if you leave mm -hmm. nicotine out, I think you're doing a disservice in a way because it, it, it weakens the argument. But, I mean, if you can acknowledge to the person you're talking to, look, I like nicotine. I, I mean, no, no, no holds barred here. I want to keep using nicotine. And vaping delivers that nicotine in a way that doesn't kill me. And, and I've got the right to put a cigarette in my body, but I don't have a exactly. right to put a vape in my body. So, and so that liberty argument to somebody who may be frustrated with the lockdown, I think there's an opportunity to connect with them there. Exactly. But it's, it's going to be all about your comfort zone. You know, you don't, you don't want to, you know, go outside of your comfort zone and, you know, sound silly. But at the same time, if your comfort zone is, if I start talking about this, I'm going to get really heated and angry. Don't do that. Mm. You know, try to make, keep it as a casual, 
informative conversation as possible, but at the same time, not boring. Sure. Because the one thing that people do when they sediment, you know, cement themselves in their beliefs is they tune you out when they're bored and mm-hmm. they're just letting you go. But if you make them think, you know, and you say, hey, listen, exactly what you just said. I have, you know, I have the right to put a cigarette in my mouth and, you know, slowly kill myself. But something that doesn't kill me, that gives me exactly what I'm looking for. I can't do that because. Because why? Want me to, because money. <laughs> yeah, because money. Totally. And, yep. and then you look at what's going on right now, right? It's all money. Everything's money, right? It's all money driven. You just got to follow the dollars. Fortunately for us, the people that may have been on the fence that are now looking into everything are going to go look into that and go, son of a bitch, he's right. You know, and that's, do- that's what we need. We do need that. We well, we need some real investigative reporting on this. Bes- besides all the great reporting that's been out there from, from mm-hmm. you know everyone that we know, I mean, it's not that there hasn't been good reporting. It's that we the crack through has to happen on the other side. Let's take a moment uh, to do this for a second. I I want to share this with with you and our viewers. Yesterday, um, Dr. Pelosa in Italy at the University of Catania hosted a masterclass for journalists and opinion leaders on harm reduction. And I've been involved with the organization of this project now for about a year and a half. And the idea was is to really start to try to build uh, relationships with journalists, introducing tobacco harm reduction to them, and talking about some of the ways in which their profession has been not entirely nailing this on the head, so to speak. Mm. And so what I did during my presentation, we're not going to go through this whole thing, but I, I do believe that we, there's a couple slides here we should talk about. And I framed this as fitting a vision and the surprising biases in the war on vaping. And fitting a vision is really true. I, I think that, I think that um, you know, the media doesn't necessarily always, they do though, <laughs> create the reality. But it's better to frame it if you're wanting to talk to journalists. And that's what we're trying to do here is talk actually to journalists. So we don't want to you know, go too far and, and blame it all on them. And the idea here is that they filter reality to fit a vision. They don't necessarily need to be the ones behind the vision, but they are participating in filtering reality to fit a vision. And so that's what this is inspired by, is fitting a vision and what those biases are. And just give me a sec here. I'm just going to run through a couple of these slides. The idea is to examine the ways in which mainstream news reporting on vaping may be biased towards the anti-vaping narrative and it not be a blame the media complaint session. So the biases at work operate at the population level, ranging from the deification of science to incarnations of the forces of evil, which of course is big tobacco. And then the example that we did in, in the session was take some skewed reporting and the science that was behind it, examine with the science and the headlines and so forth. And we'll just quickly go through this. I had to give them some information, of course, for RegWatch. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, we've had the biggest names in tobacco control and research on our show. And so, you know, we speak from some informed places. Interesting thing just about this on our end, I haven't shared this with our viewers much, but one of the things that we bring to the table is right before I created RegWatch, Five years ago, I spent two years uh, producing a series that I created in partnership with the BC Centers for Homicide and the Canadian Department of Justice called Aftermath of Murder Survivor Stories. And I interviewed 21 families, like, you know, the surviving loved ones of Canada's most notorious murders, serial killers and all that kind of stuff. And so this process for Aftermath of Murder, no, even naming it Aftermath of Murder, 
um, was, you know, had its issues. And so this whole process was somebody from mainstream news media who's, you know, gone through a graduate program. As you can see here, I mentioned that in my master's degree, you know, I did news content analysis, myth of objectivity, uh, hegemony, which is Gramsci. So, I mean, my degree in communications is in critical theory. It's actually postmodernism, and my theory courses are all Marx. So, I mean, it's like when I'm talking about stuff, it's coming from a critical theory position. And Aftermath of Murder, while it was very difficult, and, and the real challenge was working with homicide survivors and their counselors to cover these issues in a way that had sensitivity to the sense, sen you know, to the, uh, uh, sen uh, what's the right word? It's sensual, uh, sensationalism, the sensationalism mm -hmm. of the story, um, and try to find a way to cover it that doesn't inflame that, but you still have to cover the, you still have to cover the details. So how much details do you cover and all this, so the wording and the language and everything else. Anyhow, it's very important when it comes to really looking at the media and how, and taking responsibility for what you cover and how you cover it. And then when it comes to vaping news coverage, the real, the problem is, is that the harm reduction advocates, researchers, doctors, regulators, and vapors who come on our show all report the mainstream media as being biased against vaping. All of them. And it's like pornography. You know it when you mm -hmm. see it, right? And, yep. you know, MSN refuses to acknowledge harm reduction, that it's actually harm reduction. They just don't even cover it. They refuse to cover relative risk. They just won't cover it. And then, of course, they favor protecting youth at all costs over the health of smokers and vapors. Their sources are near exclusively public health and nonprofit health orgs, and it's one-sided reporting on science. I'm gonna go through these real fast, but this is like 2014, so I'm taking these journalists and also the public health people that were in this presentation on a bit of a little bit of a trip here. Like, this is 2014. The battle that vaping has been fighting has been a long one, not a short mm. one, right? And science news, e-cigarettes don't help smokers quit, study finds. E-cigarettes are no safer than smoking tobacco, scientists warn. Vaping is bad for your heart as smoking cigarettes, study finds. <laughs> Vaping's toxic vapors some mainly from, come mainly from e-liquid solvents. This one's the best. E-cigs can kill. Just one puff of flavored e-cigarette vapor contains dangerous levels cancer-causing chemicals. I'm sure the study did not say e-cigs can kill, but the sun sure the heck did. E-drags are just as deadly. It's out of India, 2018. And then just to throw in some 2020 stuff, uh, of course, vaping and smoking may increase your risk of COVID. Here are the traditional biases, and then we'll jump back to you. I'm gonna to get to some of your thoughts on this. The traditional biases we didn't talk about, but I wanted to acknowledge them because there are the traditional personal, political, moral, and religious bias that a personal reporter could have. There's the structural biases that come from corporate ownership, advertising influence, so your funding influence, um, and then your funding cuts. What uh, the media always says to explain away some of the really bad, bad, bad reporting is that, well, you know, big, bad capitalist corporations keep cutting the funding for newsrooms, and then we keep getting smaller and smaller, so that's why we have to just report basically what comes to us from the press release. Mm. That's not an excuse, and that's the no. excuse that's in academia in critical theory and to, to excuse that away and blame it on the capitalists. Well, really, actually, it's not really totally the case. News values are also a bias, and that's your proximity. So that's like a 1,000 dead Ethiopians. Uh, you know, one dead local person is worth a 1,000 dead Ethiopians. That's how you make your judgment in terms of whether or not something 
um, has got some news value, and that's proximity, impact, timeliness, and culture. The ones that I really wanted to focus on and then I want us to talk about is operating biases that are larger than that. One's the authority bias. So the complete, total, taking the experts over anybody else. And then the experts have been, you know, broken up. So we've got the, there's plenty of experts in tobacco control from public health that, you know, are on side, the, you know, the science that says vaping is a tool for harm reduction. They don't use them as, as authorities. They don't use them as primary definers for the piece. So who are the authorities? Who's doing the primary defining for the pieces? The battle needs is be, should be fought here. This is where it has to be fought. And then this last one is activism and all journalists that are coming out of journalism school for the last 15 years have activism as their primary objective, not objectivity, and that is a myth. But so, you know, the, the creation, we do this as societies, we create an incarnation of great evil, and we create those great evils, and then we fight them, and they're the boogeyman. And big tobacco, regardless of whatever you think and however bad they have been or still are, they, ha- they are the boogeyman in which... Nothing can touch it without being poisoned. And then, of course, through that is virtue. And then the last part of this is scientism. And this is arguably the biggest problem, is the excessive belief in the power of scientific knowledge and techniques. So it's an uncritical coverage of official science, and it's a lack of skepticism. So that's... um, that's, that's, a a great, that's a great slideshow. I just learned a lot just now. I'm still trying to process. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's, there's, more, there's more to go. But, you know, let, I, let me put this to, to, to everybody. Science can't be settled. I mean, this whole issue that science is settled, say, in climate change, you know, the same people will say that the science is not settled in vaping. But the science is rock solid in climate change. I'm not making a climate change argument. I'm just pointing out that they believe that is rock solid settled, but there's nothing settled in vaping. Well, there's a lot settled in vaping, really. There really is. They just refuse to acknowledge that, and, and they refuse to do what's called the hardening of science. So this, the process of science is a process of truth-making, and the, the scientists and a consensus, and then the media and everybody around it, works to harden the science that hardens the truth making and so that's not happening in vaping it's stuck in this process in the process and so i say i go well look i mean if you know anything about you know the stars and watch any of the universe or you know how the universe works or anything like that you'll know that about seven years ago all of a sudden they went oh wait a minute we don't know what 95 percent of the matter is in the universe like all of a sudden they go we don't know you know, when you add up dark matter and you add up dark energy together, it's 95% of the universe. We don't know what it is. That's science. So if scientists can't tell what 95% of the matter and the energy is right now, everywhere around us, what the hell are we doing allowing them to make certain decisions based on rock solid stuff? And the other one is the fact that all of the laws of the big, huge world, the world that we can see in the world in the universe, the general theory of relativity, Einstein, rock solid, gravity, rock solid. And then you take the world of the small, the tiny little world of the atoms in quantum mechanics, rock solid. The best science ever is the science down there in quantum mechanics. And that's a world where things can be in two places at once and, and where you know photons are both a wave and a, and a particle, right? Quantum mechanics is a crazy world, but yet the science of it down there is indisputable and rock solid. Yet, you can't put the science of quantum mechanics 
and general theory of relativity together. They do not compute. Nope. They, it's not even like they're running into each other, just like shh, they don't compute. So there's clearly two different scientific uh, representations of the same reality that we live in of physical laws, yet they are completely not the same, but yet science is settled. Yep. You know, and, and you know, the, this, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, I don't think people differentiate a lot between, you know, scientific theory and scientific law. You know, they, you know, these are theoretical physics over here. Okay, well, they tout these as facts while disregarding things that are, as you said, settled science. It's a law, meaning this is what it is. And, you know, the, the scariest part about all of that is, is that nobody takes the time to not only differentiate the two, but to actually explain it to people. You have a largely misinformed public you know, taking the face value of things that are said to them as facts when in reality it's a theory. You know, they say that the, the science on this and vaping isn't settled, but it really is, though. You know, and it, the fact that they're not presenting it as such to me seems so disingenuous and literally destroys the credibility of what is supposed to be our media institutions. The ones that, you know, just the other day I heard him say it. I don't remember who because I try not to commit these things to memory because it creates my own internal bias. They said, He's telling people what to think. That's not his job. That's our job. They think that it's their job to control what we think, which to me is that that's a lot of hubris. It's <laughs> a lot. Well, that's hubris. the activism part. Exactly. Yeah. So they're not using it responsibly. And I think it's time that the media as a whole takes a step back and goes, all right, Right now would be a good time to get on the right side of history before we're lost with everything, hmm. with everything, you know, because, you know, we, I don't understand how we went from an era where the press was tearing down, you know, presidents that were actually doing shit things like Nixon, right, where they took that huge risk out in Watergate, where that could have ruined their lives. And they, you know, not just their, their professional lives, but their actual lives. And they said, no, nah, hell with it. We're not letting them get away with that. And now we're where we're at, where, you know, things that are really wrong are happening, you know, true injustices are happening, and we're going, la, 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 what happened? So I think really, as part of, you know, what's going on right now, and I mean, you know, everybody's going to look at me and go, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a wasted effort, you're wasting your breath on him. I don't think so, not right now, is to tell them, you know, it's not too late to come back to the side of, you know, facts. And, you know, report what's actually happening with vaping as a whole, because it's not a small story. It's not just vaping. This is part of a much larger story of intrigue and collusion. And it's such an epic picture to paint. And if you have good delivery, you can make it absolutely not boring and string people on for months, hmm. <laughs> like for months, because the web is so it's so vast that, you know, when if you even if you just like take just an aspect of it, right, if you take just a, just a piece of it, the money, just the money, right? And you follow just the money trail to where that goes, you can do, you know, a 20 part series on that alone. And people will show up trying to figure out where the hell, you know, who is actually running the show here. Absolutely. You know, they want to know who's sitting on the Iron Throne. It's just just human nature. They want to see that to the end because it not only affects my life and your life, but it affects everybody's life because these are the people making the decisions. So if you take it with that route, then you can take it to the other route where, you know, here are things that we know are settled science. Now let's take a look at the following stories and you can see them lying about it and give a timetable to how they knew. And, you know, basically say, Hey, listen, this is how things are. We now know. So 
let's hit the reset button and get things back to the way they should be. It's the right time to do it. This is the perfect time to do it. In fact, I don't think there will ever be a better time because it's not something that is small in a um, – you can't really say it's small, but in the eyes of the general public, vaping is a subculture, right, of substance consumption, right? right. Subculture, very small. Smoking huge, vaping very tiny, right? And now you have something on the scale of COVID that just happened where now – Everything that everybody's saying is thrown into question. All the credibility is now being questioned. Everything in their mother is being fact-checked out. You know, like big fact-checking now, right? Mm-hmm. Now's the time to just come out and tell the truth and do the right thing before you lose yourself in it forever. And you lose all credibility and nobody believes you. It's a perfect place to start because it's so small. Do you really think the general public remembers all the exactly who said what that's BS out there? No. no. They just know it was said. They don't know who said it. They just know it was said. It's not something as large as, let's say, um, what Trump tweeted this morning or yesterday or the day before. So it's the, not as large as the virus. Right. It's not even as large as the food shortage. It's, it's not, not anywhere near that. It's the perfect place to start. And I think an appeal for that should be made. I know I agree. I agree. And it's just that the diciness is how do you maintain credibility between credible and crank, right? That's the two extremes, credible and crank. And which, mm-hmm. you know, which side you fall on can, you know, obviously happen just in your messaging. You mentioned money. And let me just uh, for a second here, take our viewers over to support.regulatorwatch.com, <laughs> which is our support <laughs> website. And of course, we uh, are on side vaping, despite what uh, some of our crank uh, critics think who see that because we do curate uh some of the junk science that's out there because we think it's really important uh that it's there and plus it allows us to talk about it on air so if you do get a chance head over to support.regulatorwatch.com we promote fact-based science simple as that you know counter misperceptions around vaping we try to destigmatize nicotine if if there's one thing that could save vaping would be that and then of course we hold researchers and regulators and reporters to account you can jump onto our secured uh, payment system which is with stripe Make a one-time contribution, or even better if you could, a monthly, $5 means a lot. And of course, our system will send you back a business receipt if you happen to be a business, and you can write it off as a category marketing expense. And obviously, we've got some great supporters that have been supporting us over the years, though some of them obviously have been hit hard, and so not all these people are currently contributing, so we do need your help. If you see yourself on here and you're currently not, please do come back when you can but of course great people that have been working us with us for a long time and we thank them and i buy a lot of a lot of the products i get no free products from five years not a single i i what do i do i redistribute supporters money back to supporters Mm -hmm. that's my my usual thing oh sorry i put you on a single shot there my apologies oh you're good I wasn't even looking. Was oh, there you go. Hand. Well, it was great. It was, you you, you had just that, said nothing, and I had no idea. It was the pondering <laughs> shot then of you, much like the still shot that we have uh, for a promo graphic uh, with you. So let me ask you this. Let's bring it back to where you were, because where you were is critical. Do, do you and other vaping advocates acknowledge that there's a political battle going on? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There, there, anybody that denies that is, is crazy. The, the thing is, though, is it, it, it's not... You know, it's it's politics and you know, and just in general, are absolutely insane. Personally, I, I think we need to hit the reset button. But I mean, look, 
you can't say that it's an entirely left issue because, you know, since the last time you and I sat down and had a discussion, there have been some people on the right that have done some pretty wacky things and revol- you know, involved with, you know, how the industry is regulated and, you know, take Massachusetts, for example, right? Everybody says, oh, you know, oh he's a rhino. But, the, the, you know, people that aren't involved heavily in politics, like, yeah, okay, it's, you're just saying that because he's on your team and he screwed you, right? You know, it, it, you can't, you know, make things a a single-partied battle. It's a losing battle because then you've basically boxed yourself in because you'll be trying to pull people onto your side that'll never come there. They'll never come there. So, so you're, so saying, you want- you're saying basically, let me, let's put a point on that, to make mm-hmm. it all about the Democrats would be a mistake. Right, it would. Are they doing the bulk of the damage? Yeah, there's no denying that. Is it, does it solely lay at their feet? No. I mean, look, see, here's, how, here's how messed up politics are, right? So when we were sitting in that flavor bin hearing, the vote was kind of split, right? The, the, the person that was in charge of it, um, Berticelli, said that, you know, I could vote no on this and kill this bill right now, but it's up to me to send it up to the floor for a vote, and I'm going to do that. <laughs> Away the bill went. So, you know, here's somebody that knew all the subtle nuances. He understood everything. All the advocates in the state did what they were supposed to do. The people did what they were supposed to do. And it didn't matter because of the larger agenda. Now, does that lay at the feet of people for their inactivity? In that particular instance, no. That was the man literally came out and told you, I'm sending it. Sorry. Can't do anything about it. With a smile. So that happens. But to say that, you know, to do nothing would have had a you know a different result. No, because here's the thing, right? There were people in that meeting who at that time walking through the door had their mind made up mm. and they flipped on the left and on the right. Okay. So it's something that has to be handled in a case by case basis. Instead of saying typical leftist, you could just literally say, this is somebody who doesn't agree with science. They agree with one thing, money. That's something everybody can get behind and understand. It doesn't matter who the opponent is at this point. Let me ask you the, let me ask you this. What do you think is the number one thing uh, the movement needs to do in order to save vaping? Right now, more than ever, because we are in that time of year, <laughs> election time, phone calls need to be made. We're all stuck at home, most of us. We're all trapped at home and we have literally nothing to do. I would say that the time for, you know, sitting around playing video games and, you know, wearing an ass groove in your couch or over, it is time to make phone calls, write letters send emails even if you think it's pointless it's the time to do it because they want to you know that's the most accurate way they can pull it if they get inundated with people calling them and sending emails and saying hey your stance on vaping really pisses me off you better fix that they're going to fix that because they want your vote it's that that simple is that simple so you know back in 2016 if i recall correctly there seemed to be a bit more of a groundswell now obviously covid has caused some issues here but there was a bit more of a groundswell in terms of identifying candidates in, in you know, in state uh, races. And then, of course, for Congress, uh, for the House and the Senate, you know, we had the Ron Paul got supported and others like that. Um, is there less organizing going on right now in terms of the identification of candidates to support and then candidates to kneecap? Is that happening mm-hmm. or is it already or are we already on the way? I mean, it's we kind of, at this point kind of already have to know that. You know, because there's been so much bad blood politics for vaping in the last just year. You've got to know on the local level who your enemy is. If you're involved, you have to. But is the organizing going on? 
like uh, you not know as, phone banks or that kind of thing i i haven't seen it as much but i really think that it's because of the you know the, what's happening right now with covid you know everybody's kind of just trying to you know am i going to be able to feed my family this week you know because a lot of the people that were fighting for the industry are working class stiffs like me you know they, they don't we're not you know sitting in a sitting on an ivory throne from on high issuing orders we're in the trenches you know we're we're working just like everybody else so you know that i think is what has taken up you know the bulky majority of everybody's focus and they gotta, you know, there's no shame in that mm. you gotta take care of yourself how are you gonna fight for something if you yourself aren't fighting for yourself totally. how are you gonna do it you can't so it has died down a bit but as things start to return to whatever the relatively new acceptable norm is i i'm pretty confident there's going to be a very hefty upswing very so what's your advice for vapors that um What's your advice for vapors who don't hold uh, the president in high regard and may have trouble voting for him, like real trouble, like there's no way they would? Right? It's simple. It's so simple. It doesn't matter. Okay? It's your vote. You vote however you want. But they don't have to know that. <laughs> you, know, don't walk in, you don't walk into you know, a casino, right, and sit down to play poker and go, no, you know what? Just deal all my cards face up, please. I would like to place a bluff now. Sir, you have literally nothing. Now I'm going to bluff. I'm all in. I have a full house. I'm all in. You have nothing. But I'm all in. That's what you're doing. When you when you when you just can't play the scene. You get what I'm saying? Play the game. If you're not going to play the game, you're doing yourself a disservice. That's but, the way I personally look at it. Right. So in other words, you know, so your advice was not very direct, my friend. Is your advice there to shelve some of that and like hold your nose? Uh, mm -hmm. That's what you're saying. Literally. Absolutely. Because if you want motion, you have to use the only thing that you really have. Because you, you don't have the money that the special interest groups have. None of us do. The industry doesn't. We never will, right? You don't have the the the... What was the other thing that I was going to say? God, I had a brain fart. I can't remember now. But at the end, listen, at the end of the day, the one thing that you have that they also only get one of is a vote. Right. And to just say that your mind's made up and you'll never do it no matter what they do, you're throwing it away. Why would you throw away your most powerful weapon of war? It makes no sense at all. Use it to your advantage. That's what it's all about. So Tony Abood uh, was on the show uh, about six weeks ago. Greg Connolly, too, as well. So from the American Vaping Association and from uh, the Vapor Technology Association. And they, as well as others, have made the comment that it does appear to be um, a vote for President Trump this year is the right vote mm -hmm. to advance vaping. So is, is part of the first order that vapors um, have to do some work internally to kind of sell their brethren on how to, you know, activate? Because the, the concern would be from any political strat strategist is that the polarization that's around President Trump could effectively uh, freeze um, advocacy and vaping around the election because unless the movement can figure out how to handle that issue, um, it won't be able to move forward in any kind of real coordinated way. Mm. You know, and that's the, the, the crazy thing about it. Cause to me, you know, I, I don't lean one way or the other. I, I really don't, you know, I'm pro pot. I'm also pro guns. Cause I'm, you know, pro freedom of choice. Right? I'm coming to your house so, after the, after this. Goddamn right. So, you know, here's the thing, right? If this individual, be it Trump or any politician, is not on the side of science that 
particular science that says, hey, switching to vaping will stop you from dying from lung cancer and can't back that product, not just the product, but the concept. Let's not even talk about the, the industry, just the concept of this is better for you. You should do this. And if you don't want to do it, that's also your choice. If they can't get behind that, then why are you supporting them? Because they're not supporting your interests. It's about what supports your interest. Your interest is uh, living. That's, that's as simple as it is. If you want to be able to vape because you need that to continue to exist, because if it doesn't, you're going to go back to smoking, then your personal feelings on the mean things that the guy said over there is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to take something that is pretty much a rest assured salvation and throw that in the bin for a gamble that is a 90-10 loss, I'm not taking you to the casino ever. That's a terrible betting belief structure. You need to you need to, to sit down and and not do that. Go buy a lottery ticket. It's probably better for you. You know, Fair that's enough. that's literally where we are is, you know, not, not just as a society, you know, societies and industry in particular. If you vape and you vote, then you need to live by those words and say I'm not going to vote for somebody that's going to destroy the industry because of my feelings. I, I you know, my best personal advice I could give everybody in the fight right now, just be like me, don't have any. It's great. It's very relieving having no feelings. I let all that go when it comes to politics because at the end of the day, if that man gets elected and it gives me more time to convert my coworkers that are still smoking over to vapors, small for it, nothing else matters because this is the immediate future we're talking about right here. And that is an opportunity wasted that may never come again. Never so it's, come again. It, it's vapors reminding vapors that single issue voting is really the noble way to be here. Yeah. Right now on this, yeah, that's really it. You know, people will say that's very ignorant. No, I'm all about, you know, saving the people I love and care about and converting them into vaping. We still need more time to do that. Right. That's what I'm about. So if that's, you know, narrow minded, then yeah, I'm the most narrow minded person on earth. Yeah, that's what I'm about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, this is great. I mean, just the last question then I want to ask you, Tristan, with regards to, you know, World Vape Day, has it been a success? And if so, how? I would say so. Because, you know, since that rally, you, you you know, everybody was together and then they kind of drifted apart and they all kind of did their own thing. And now you have advocates and people from all different walks of life, all different belief structures coming together to deliver the same message. Vaping saves lives. Here's how. And the World Health Organization lies. And the message has been on point, which is what it's all about. It's all about the message, taking the message back from those that don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve to have that say. Because who are they to tell you? You need to be able to make those decisions for yourself, and you can't make that if the facts are being suppressed. And right now, the facts are at the forefront of the argument, and I think that's a huge success because we haven't had that in a minute. And, I mean, is it in the end really challenging public health? Is that, you know, the mm -hmm. where the target Personally, is? Personally? Me, I feel like it's, you know, we're at this point, we're literally beating the opponent on the boxing ring, you know, on the ground because they're, they're already getting slaughtered for everything that's transpired. But this is the perfect time to do it because the enemy is weak. You know, they, they take advantage of us when they see us divided on certain things internally and they start their new campaigns. But right now, this is huge and we have capitalized on this big and I'm very proud to see what I've seen. Very proud. Well, that is an excellent place then for us to stop. Just hang tight right there for me, Tristan. And that is it for this edition of RegWatch. Before you head off, please go over to support.regulatorwatch.com. That's support.regulatorwatch.com and consider making a financial contribution to our vaping coverage. It's just easy. Dig into your wallet and find a few dollars and toss them our way. 
You'll be happy you did, and so will we. And while online, don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. For RegulatorWatch.com, I'm Brent Stafford.